Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at and slash hypergig with details. Episode 32, Minimalism with Joshua Becker. Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast, where you'll learn to save money, embrace simplicity, and live a richer life. Here are your hosts, Jen and Jill. Welcome to another episode of the Frugal Friends Podcast. My name is Jen. Hey, hey, this is Jill. And we have an awesome, awesome awesome show for you today. It's not very often that I use three adjectives to describe an episode that are the same, but I don't think you've ever done it. I've never done that before, but it's how I feel today. And um, it's accentuating a point. Yes. And Joshua also like complimented me on my use of henceforth. So yeah, feeling pretty good, really good about this today. Uh, We got to bring you our sponsors first though, because we have to get into this. Uh, So we've partnered with Cook Smarts and we're going to keep talking about them because our listeners can get 25% off meal planning with Cook Smarts using the promo code FRUGAL. Um, and you can always get your first three meal plans free uh, if you sign up through frugalfriendspodcast.com slash CS. And so if you are looking for just a break from meal planning yourself or you're trying to get started with it, definitely uh, head to frugalfriendspodcast.com slash CS and see what they have to offer. Meal plans, grocery lists, customized diets. It's really great. And then if you do go on to buy like a quarterly or a yearly meal plan, you can get 25% off of that using the promo code FRUGAL. Awesome. And also (laughs) this is brought to you by magazines. All the content you ever need, except it can all be found on the internet. Oof. (laughs) So, got a magazine? Recycle it. Or make a collage. Doesn't really matter what you do with a magazine. Just know that eventually it belongs in the trash. And thanks to minimalism, what we're talking about today, this is going to become really easy for you as you start to put this into practice. So magazines, don't use them. Did the magazine industry write this or did you, Jill? (laughs) As a sponsor, I don't think they would have approved it's uh it's an interesting sponsor and maybe it's sponsored actually like by the internet but it by might be, making you think it's you know it's it like a weird kind of marketing collage industry 
and the collage industry. Next week, you'll hear more from the collage <laughs> industry. Yeah. Before you put Anyhow. it in the trash, cut it up and put it on a piece of paper <laughs> so that later you can put that in the trash too. Later it can be in the trash or your big dream board that will eventually go in the go trash. Go in the trash. Yeah. Sorry. Well, <laughs> bow, bow, bow. on that note, let's get into this amazing interview we had with Joshua Becker. Uh, I hope you guys were reading along with the uh, the more of less in our book club this month. Um, if you weren't, if you're listening to this at a later date, uh, you are not in for any spoilers in the book. You're just in for um, more lovely information that's going to make you want to uh, get his book and the other books that he has coming out in the future. So enjoy. We are super excited to have Joshua Becker with us today. How are you, Joshua? Oh, I'm wonderful. I'm excited to be with you. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on the Frugal Friends podcast. I know we've been super excited for this interview and we know that our community group is we're just excited to explore minimalism a little more. It's something we already know people are interested in. Some of these questions, I really want to know the answers to. So yeah. they're always kind of a little self, like selfish. So whenever I ask questions. <laughs> but Yeah, we're so thrilled to have you on the show today, Joshua. And we so appreciate your book, The More of Less, which I know a lot of our listeners have gone through. I just feel like you highlighted really well the ancient paths to a rich and full life. Namely, you mentioned contentment and placing a high value on relationships. And you just laid an excellent foundation for the why of minimalism with such tangible and actionable steps to practice in our own lives. So you just did a phenomenal job. So I know that this is going to be a really rich time to get to pick your brain a bit more. Good. I uh, I appreciate that. That's a lot of kind words. So <laughs> thanks. An ancient path. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I suppose I tried. I told my publisher when I was writing them more of less, I'm like, I'm, I'm not looking just to write, you know, here's what to keep and, and here's mm. what to get rid of. Um, but I very thoughtful approach to owning less and what it's meant in my life and what I think some of the, the deeper benefits are for us. It's certainly more than decluttering. I learned that even more after going through your mm -hmm. book. I know we'll get into that, but man, is it some soul searching that kind of comes along with it. So yeah. And you guys, if you are listening to this at a later date and did not get to read the more of less with us, definitely go pick up a copy it will definitely help you kind of form your perspective on minimalism and how you want to take that further in your life. You can literally tell from the very first chapter that it's going to change your mind. And I hate saying like change your life, but it can. So it might, it say might, it, it. it might change your life. We'll see. That's the goal. That's yeah. the goal. We'll see. So yeah. Hopefully it will. Um, so let's get into our first question. So Joshua, when you decided to eliminate the non-essentials, how did you determine what the essentials were? Especially because I know that there were there are some things that are really easy to get rid of, but kind of when you got to that midway point, like how do you drill down on the essentials? Well, it's not a easy question um, in that I I don't think there's a lot of easy answers to it. There are there are some you run into little tips and tricks and ideas online, and you know hang your 
put your clothes with the hangers facing one direction and then mm-hmm. when you put them back, put them differently so you can see what you're wearing and what's your art. And that's helpful. And you can do like at the end of seasons, you know, if I didn't use this during the entire summer season, I'm probably not going to need it next. And if you haven't used it in six months, you probably won't need it. Like some of those are helpful and, mm-hmm. um, are good things to do. But for me, I found that the question of essential versus non-essential things became actually a much deeper question. Like even some of the soul searching stuff that you guys, that you even mentioned already in the, in the intro, good, we get to get deep on the very first question. Yes. 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 I found it was actually someone who commented pretty early, becoming minimalist was just an online diary, an online journal of what I was getting rid of and what I was keeping. And at one point, I was kind of faced with this question, you know, like the outdated stuff is easy to get rid of. But Mm -hmm. like when you really start digging deep into like, what do I need to keep and what do I need to get rid of? And I remember just posting on the blog one night that this was like really causing me to search my heart in ways that I I didn't know it was going to bring about. And actually a commenter on the blog um, said, yeah, it seems to me that minimalism would force questions of values Mm -hmm. onto your life. And I think that that like summed up exactly what I was going through and why it's not you know, what is essential and what is not essential can be more than which direction your hangers are facing. It's, it's legitimately about what kind of life do I want to live? Uh, what Mm -hmm. do I think my purpose is in life? What do I want to accomplish? Um, not just what do I want to experience, but what do I want to do with the one life that I have? And then when you begin answering those questions, you can start piecing, okay, so these are the possessions that I need in order to accomplish that better. And these are all the things that are just keeping me from it. Um, So how do you determine the essential from the non-essential? There's tips and tricks that are helpful, but, but mostly I think it's about you know, defining your purpose and, and then trying to align your possessions, um, um, in, in tune with that pursuit. Yeah, that's excellent. I think one of the most challenging things that you brought up in your book was giving up things that you hardly use, even if they define our ideal image of self. Mm -hmm. And I think we talk about this when we think about what we want to purchase of, do I really need that paddleboard? How often am I going to use it? But it was, it was challenging to me to think through, well, what do I already have that I need to apply that principle to of, you, you know, the, the example that you gave of, of this woodworker who wanted to keep all of his woodworking things because he wanted to be a really good woodworker. And sometimes he used that, but my goodness, how that can keep us stuck sometimes or even stripping away our reputation, you taking off, you know, your credentials from the wall. Like, what was that process like? Yeah, Dave Bruno, um, who had the woodworking story, he, he talks about it. He calls it the death of a dream. Mm-hmm. Francine J. she talks about decluttering your fantasy self. We have these images of people that we we wish we were, and we accumulate all the all the different things. I just had a friend just tell me he had bought all this video editing equipment because he wants to make videos and Mm -hmm. it almost 
Like it almost broke my heart a little bit. Like maybe he will do that, but I just know him well enough that he's like, that's not who he is. That's not what he's good at. He's, he's a very talented musician, but not a very talented videographer. And some of those things that we've accumulated and we're carrying when we, when we have this vision of being someone different it keeps us from like fully walking in the people that we are and and fully embracing who we actually are. I had uh, someone come up to me one time in uh, Florida after speaking, and he came up to me and he said, you know, you were talking, and it occurred to me that back home I have shelves and shelves of books that I've never read. Mm. And he said, I am in love with the idea of being a reader like, I wish I was a reader, but I'm just not a reader. Like, it's not mm. how I learn. It's not how I grow. And wanting to be that person is keeping me from fully embracing who I am and how I do learn today. Um, now, none of that means, you know, I'm not saying we don't develop new hobbies and passions mm-hmm. and we don't push ourselves forward, you know, in personal development. But um, I, I think there comes a time where we we need to declutter, you know, the image of who we wish we were um, so that we can fully embrace the people that we are and and make the most of the, the one life that we do have. Yeah, that's an excellent summary. Joshua, what are some of the challenges that you faced in this process of minimizing? Um, well, I'm more than a family of one. Uh, so those were <laughs> ch- <laughs> Uh, we started with two kids. Uh, my kids were five and two, and uh, my wife. And uh, my wife was on board with owning less, but mm-hmm. if I want to get rid of eighty percent, she wanted to get rid of fifty percent, and so mm-hmm. that was that was a challenge. I think the challenge of finding time to do it um, was was not uncommon for me as it is for a lot of other people that I talk to, that it's just a, a time-consuming process to get rid of your possessions. Uh, it takes effort and focus and energy. I think it's all time and focus and energy that comes back to you more in the long run when you put in the investment. Um, but still, we need, to, we need to find the time to do it. Um, there's the challenge of uh, perseverance, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, for us, it was... Uh, we were a family four and we had a 2,300 square foot home. And so like it was a, a nine month process of just going through all the rooms and the basement and the garage. And um, yeah, you got to stay, you have to stay motivated um, throughout that process as well. And, and yeah, I mean, we just live in a culture that tells us the exact opposite. Um, I mean, advertisements every single day tell us that we'll be happier if we, if we buy more and, our life is missing something until we acquire uh, whatever they're selling. And so finding ways to counteract that message, uh, I think, is is very important and um, is a challenge. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of involving multiple people in this process of minimizing, I loved your outline of the different generations approach to things and lifestyles. I thought that you did that with great dignity. It was so refreshing to hear your compassion and understanding for why the silent generation might be stashing up coffee cans mm-hmm. and grocery bags, yeah. but then conversely, why millennials seem to be approaching minimalism with ease. And this thought occurred to me of, 
you know, then when you meld those generations. So right now I live with my grandmother. And so I, I, I have fully embraced minimalism, but my grandmother has not. And she also has Alzheimer's. And so to change up her environment too much is not good for her health. And so the way that you summarized the book was very helpful for me and kind of like how, how to hold these things in balance and still value other people. But can you highlight for us some of the things that you even talk about in your book of how to, how to do this with a family, how to do this? Okay, you might have grasped hold of this minimalism idea, but how do you incorporate others in that process? Yeah, I think always with love and humility and patience um, that that this is how we how we approach any of that that my hope for minimalism is that it would draw uh that I would become a better husband because of it that I would become a better mm-hmm. father because of owning less like these these are some of the 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 biggest passions for embracing minimalism in my in my life and so it would be a shame if I let minimalism come in between me and my wife or <laughs> me and my kids right yeah. um like I, I want it to draw us together, and so that approaches, I think, how we have conversations, uh, right? Mm-hmm. That it's not nagging, upset, frustrated conversations about minimalism, but they're they're life giving conversations. What what might draw her to owning less might be different than what I would want to get out of it, and so having the conversation um, in ways that that my wife or someone's husband, uh, the way they understand it, um, is is a helpful way to do it. Mm. Uh, I think I think humility is incredibly important. Um, that you know, it's it's always easier to see everyone else's clutter than it is to see our own, and so mm-hmm. um, so. <laughs> People have to do their own things first. You know, you can't make your kids declutter their stuff. You can't make your spouse declutter theirs. You can't make your grandma do hers, yeah. right? Like you have, and to- you probably shouldn't do it for them either. <laughs> Especially if you're living in their home, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah. you, uh, like you, you have to do, like you have to do your own. Uh, you have to realize that that you're not perfect in the relationship either. Um, that there what? are. <laughs> exactly. Don't <laughs> tell Jill that. That <laughs> that uh, no doubt there are there are things that your spouse is your spouse you know wishes that you would change, but you're not budging on, and so um, expecting that to happen in their life. And then patience, just because uh, you may be challenged in this area, and you may have read a website, or you may have read a book or a blog that prompted you to start thinking about minimalism and and growing in that way doesn't mean that your spouse or children aren't growing themselves, aren't changing in positive ways. It just might be in a different area of life than the one that you're embracing at the time. Um, and uh, of course, like I mentioned before, but we'll, but we'll reiterate that none of us are perfect in our relationship. Mm-hmm. So we, uh, we, try to do, we try to do the best that we can. Yeah. yeah. And there's so much freedom in that too. Like to give yourself freedom, that minimalism will look one way for you than it does for another person. But then giving that freedom to the people that you're living with too. Yeah. And it's such a parallel with like getting your spouse and your family on board with paying off debt or Mm. lowering expenses too. I Mm. love the way that you put it. We're not perfect and they're growing, but it could be in a different way than you are growing right now. Um, Mm -hmm. So I absolutely love that. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. 
If you're looking to upgrade your wallet, you need to turn to Nerd Wallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. If you're paying for vacations with whatever card is in your wallet, you could be missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table. You can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet, finance smarter. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic, oracle.com slash strategic. Joshua, after you minimized your possessions, how did your minimalism evolve beyond that? Yeah, that's a good question because I, I, I started embracing intentionality in, in a lot of different areas in life. And actually, the story goes, it was May that I found minimalism. My birthday is in December. So we're about six months later. I'd gone through most of the home at that time. And my birthday and Christmas were coming. And I had to decide what I wanted for Christmas. And I'm like, the last thing I want is a new tie or a pair of shoes or watches. Like, I just got rid of four watches. <laughs> Why would I want another one? Um, and so I started to think, like, what what do I want in my life if it's if it's not going to be a, a physical possession? A, mm. um, a Planet Fitness gym had worked up, had opened up about a mile from my house, and they had this big introductory offer. And I'm like, I think I'm going to ask for that for my birthday. That's not clutter. And it would, you know, be good for my health. And so uh, I got a gym membership for my birthday. And um, I started going to the gym a little bit more. I had freed up a lot of time with having fewer things to take care of. After a couple months of going to the gym and coming home and having chips and pop, uh, I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> pop. That's like um, a Midwest. That's a yes, Midwest word. I love it. Yes. South, South Dakota. That's my home. That's my okay. Home, so. Uh, so yes, I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. And so I started eating healthier and, um, you know, just like, what do I have in my schedule that doesn't need to be there? How am I spending my time? You know, what, what do I want to be with my life? And then what is helping me get there and, and what is just distracting me from it? So, I mean, the idea of minimalism can be applied to health and time and relationships, uh, work, you know, work, the, the work that we do. Uh, so now I'm, entrepreneur, right? Becoming minimalist eventually became um, my my job, uh, writing and speaking and 
countless opportunities and things that I could be doing there, but just mm-hmm. keep going back to no, what, like, what do I want to do with my life? And then what are the pursuits, even in business and my career that, that further me in that mission, um, and not being distracted by, by anything else. And I think you're hitting on the things that minimalism provides. It's not always about decluttering everything. I mean, your book is titled the more of less. It's what those things it's what minimalism then affords you to and opens you up to. And, you know, you're describing having more time for relationships, being able to go on speaking engagements. And I'm also wondering along those lines of what the difference is that it makes in your life. How can living a minimalist lifestyle directly change our financial lives? Directly and indirectly. Mm-hmm. Uh, directly, I, th- I I think of selling the clutter that you're getting rid of. Um, I, I tend to yeah. tell people to, to donate um, their things, but certainly expensive items or large items are easy to sell. I'm, selling things usually just clogs up the process, but there are some things that are worth selling and, and yeah. taking the time, mm-hmm. like like that directly. Like we, like very very early on, I we we took a. a a beach trip to New Hampshire. We were in Vermont at the time and just a beach trip to New Hampshire with some of the money that we had gotten by selling some of the items. And, um, so I remember money coming in from, from that very, very early on. Um, uh, even, even if you're donating, you know, there's tax deductions available, um, for doing that. I, I think the tax laws have changed a smidge, um, or in recent years, but mm. still that's a possibility. Buying less, right? Like not just mm. getting rid of things, but but buying less. Like immediately, I stopped buying things um, and spending money on on buying stuff that I didn't need. And so that's obviously money uh, money in your pocket. Um, maintaining less, uh, you know, getting rid of storage units, just spending less money to care for the things that we already have. Mm. Um, I think those are some very direct ways that um, that it puts more money in our finances. If you're to go like long term and like indirectly, how minimalism affects finances. I uh, we moved into a smaller house, um, mm. got rid of. We didn't have a storage unit, but people get rid of storage units. We moved into a smaller home, cut our mortgage in half. Just wow, because we didn't need because yeah. we didn't need the space to store all the stuff anymore. We had mm-hmm. gotten rid of it and. Um, so we just didn't need that. Uh, I think that it owning less frees up time and energy. If you wanted to, you know, uh, find a second income or pursue a side hustle, you know, if you're not shopping and taking care of stuff, then, uh, you're freed up to go do some of that, um, improved health and well-being. you know, Mm -hmm. I just like in, in the long term, that's, that's a Mm -hmm. huge, you know, financial dividend that, that comes back to people. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I always think of these big picture things when I imagine minimalism. And, um, one of my favorite things when we were paying off debt was that whenever I would be working, I would not be spending money. So like working (laughs) was my favorite way to save money. (laughs) um, But can also work uh, the opposite way is that if you're not spending money, then you have time to pursue these other things um, that could eventually become a business and maybe even your main business and just go back to, you know, having the freedom of time. And so all of these things that seem separate are actually all very intertwined. Yep. Like I always see the big picture when I'm thinking about minimalism um, Mm -hmm. because I want that freedom. 
Yeah. And Joshua, you talk about that in your book of not just finances that it can free up, but time and energy that it frees up. And I noticed this so much when my husband and I lived in a motor home for a time, just to, to downsize, to save money, to, I, we paid my off my master's degree, like entirely. We didn't go into debt for it because we were living so simply. But I noticed too, that how quickly it was to clean. Like we didn't have a yard. I had a (laughs) handheld vac. It literally took me two minutes to just vacuum up the whole place. I'm like, okay, now what? I get to go see people. I can do what I want with my time. Like it was so incredibly freeing to just not have to spend so much time upkeeping my things, my home, whatever. And that that's where my value is. That's where my priority is, is to be with people. So yeah, it, I resonated so much with what you said there about the time and the money. Yeah. Our, uh, our, our possessions are a far bigger burden to our life than, than we ever realize. And I, uh, I, I don't think people realize how much of a burden their possessions are until you start to remove them, you know, and uh, until you, you know, spend a little time yeah. living life the way you did. And you're like, man, you know, look how quickly we're paying off these bills and look how much time I have left. And it's great. Um, you know, the, yeah. the subtitle for the more of less is uh, finding the life you want under everything you own. And again, it just goes goes back mm-hmm. to this idea that, that our possessions are, are, are not the life. I, I don't know too many people who, who say their greatest passion in life is just to own as much stuff as possible. Um, like that's, that's not what we want. That's what we end up doing mm-hmm. um, in one way or another. But, um, but certainly we're all desiring something different and, mm-hmm. and better than that. And, and minimalism uh, makes it possible. Time, money, energy, focus the whole way. Wow. Yeah. You know, it oh, sounds you, like a great time for I was our just favorite say, time of the week. There only sounds like one thing that could be better than minimalism. <laughs> and, and I think that's the, the bill, of, bill the of the week. That's right. It's time for the best minute of your entire week. Maybe a baby was born and his name is William. Maybe you paid off your mortgage. Maybe your car died and you're happy to not have to pay that bill anymore. Duck bills, Buffalo bills, Bill Clinton. This is the bill of the week. All right, Joshua. So normally we have uh, our friends and listeners call in and give us their bill of the week. But when we have a guest, we invite them to give us their bill of the week. So we would like to hear your bill this week if you have one well i would probably say bill belichick coach for the new england patriots <laughs> but probably but probably everybody says that one uh, so. oh. used 20 I, out of 30 episodes for sure uh, honestly when i um like the first thing i thought of is and it's kind of a weird thing to say but um my our our mortgage payment is is probably the bill that I track the most. Um, it's the only debt that we have. Um, there's no consumer debt. We don't have. We paid off student debt years ago, and so like it's the one. It's the one bill that we have remaining, and and we put um, we put extra funds towards it. And my wife actually pays it, but like I'm always kind of tracking with her. You know what? What's it down to? You know, we've got some goals <laughs> to have it paid off by a certain date, and. Mm-hmm. Um, 
You know, I read one place that if you pay your mortgage uh, rather than paying it once a month on like the first of the month, whenever it's due, if you pay it uh, half and half, the first and the fifteenth, that mm-hmm. even that lowers like pretty significantly the interest that you that you pay because you you pay part of it off um, a little bit early each month. So, oh wow, that's mm-hmm. a good tip. A bill and a tip. Yes. Thanks for asking. Yes, I have heard the the same thing. And we, my husband and I do the same thing because our mortgage is also our only debt. And I will make the payments and he will watch. Um, like, <laughs> not me when it's I'm physically making it. He'll just, he'll check up <laughs> on it later. Um, but yeah, and we'll do extra to it every month. And, uh, and yeah, we're... We're not going like gangbusters at it, but every month we put a little extra to that principle. Um, so yeah, I love that bill. Thank you. It's fun when yeah, every, it's fun when you paid off the the month and you're like, oh, another hundred dollars to knock down the principal, you know, and send it in, and it's fun. I, yeah, anyway, good question. Uh. I love it. So if you guys have a bill of the week that you want to share with us, head over to frugalfriendspodcast.com slash bill, and you can record your bill and leave it for us in our inbox and we will play it. Excellent. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. If you're looking to upgrade your wallet, you need to turn to Nerd Wallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. If you're paying for vacations with whatever card is in your wallet, you could be missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table. You can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet, finance smarter. Today, I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm JB Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. Well, to dive back into some questions and picking your brain a bit more, Joshua, I'm curious about what you, for the, for the listeners who maybe haven't picked up your book yet, but are interested in minimalism, what would you say would be a good first step for them? If they're like, I think I want to try this out. How can they kind of dip their toes in the pool of minimalism? Easiest to hardest, completing areas along the way. This is the Becker method for, Ooh, uh, for minimalism. Okay. The Becker method. Yes. <laughs> Can I have a method? I don't know. <laughs> you can. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> people, when they hear about minimalism, like their minds always race to the hardest thing to get rid of. Oh, I could never get rid of my camping gear. I can never get rid of my books. I can never get rid of this or that. Or excuses pop up as to why, you know, oh, but what, you know, I, I, could, I save this for that reason. Um, or they think of their garage or the, like the storage unit. Um, and I, I always think that those are really hard 
difficult projects and that people would benefit from starting much easier, you know, declutter your living room or your car is usually where I send people to do like their first project. Cause you can, you can do it in a short amount of time. You can complete the entire space. The next time you sit in your car, it feels great mm-hmm. and calming rather than stressful. And then you're like, where else can I have this feeling? And so you do the living room and the bedroom and the, the closet and the bathroom and kind of work your way up to those harder spaces, the kitchen and the home office and the basement, um, kind of like building up the muscle uh, a little bit mm, along the way. I like that. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. you can take your car through the rainbow car wash and all will be right <laughs> with the world. <laughs> yeah. And you also talk about some very tangible steps too when beginning in this journey of of identifying your why. And we talk about this in frugality, financial independence, debt free living, minimalism. Like it, it's the identifying the why. But I also like how you encourage readers to sit down and do this first. I think sometimes when we talk minimalism or even frugality, there can be this idea of just of just start, just do it, just try it on for size, and then it'll come to you why you're doing it. And and for some that it doesn't work that way. So for you to have put forward, sit down first and think about why are you going to do this? Why are you going to put your feet to this, your hands to this, and then continue to see what develops. And so I'm curious for you, Joshua, like what were some of your whys? And now having been living a minimalist lifestyle for so long, how have you seen that actually play out? Like where do you see the connections between what you first identified as your why and and how you now see that lived out in your life? Yeah, well, you know, the the reason this is so important is because is because owning less is never the the goal, right? Like the the dream yeah. isn't mm-hmm. just to own less. Uh the the dream is what does owning less uh, allow us to do? Um, what is what's the promise on the other side of the process that that is what um, draws people to it? Me honestly, it was uh, in the in the moment I heard the word minimalism. I was cleaning my garage, which I'd been doing for hours while my five year old son played alone in the backyard, mm. and I was complaining to my neighbor. She told me about minimalism, and mm. in the moment, a, a pile of dirty, dusty things in my driveway I'd spent all morning working on compared to my five-year-old son swinging on the swing set alone in the backyard, and it was, I don't want to own this stuff anymore because I want to spend more time with my son. I, I want to mm. be a better, literally, it was just, I want more time with him, Um you know, deeper. I want to be a better father. Um, I want to be a better husband. It was, it was that. And then as I began making the change in my life, I I could see this is a very spiritual journey for me. Um, You know, faith has always been important to me and this process allows me to do that better. Uh, This process allows me to be more available to friends. Uh, This process allows me to play a, a more significant role in the world and, and solve bigger problems in the world. And so, yeah, I think that there's usually, um, I think I even kind of write about it in the book, right? Like, mm-hmm. like this changes over time where, um, actually in my, in my new book, the minimalist home, I talk about how 
how we we see a goal ahead of us that minimalism will allow us to get to. And it might just be something simple like spending more time with my son. And then we begin doing that and suddenly we see mm. bigger things that, mm. that we can even do with our lives um, than we ever imagined before when we were weighed down with no money and, and no time. Um, so yeah, I think it's a process that evolves and changes. And and honestly, in the end, I I think it allows people to live better, bigger, more fulfilling, more meaningful lives than they ever thought possible. So it's a big promise, but uh, I've I've seen minimalism do it in my life and in other people's lives as well. Yeah. I think you hit the nail on the head about why, like in the personal finance space, financial independence has gotten so popular um, and paying off debt because people are focusing on the freedom that it allows and the greater purpose. And I like, I think it's just all different paths to get to that same mm-hmm. goal. I just love the way you put that. Yeah. And, and what we've been talking about all along of this thing will uncover and unearth other things. It's not just the act of decluttering. It's what it makes us realize about ourselves. It's how we can further identify where we're going to find real security, acceptance, contentment, like you highlight in your book. So it's, there's so much more to it. And that is why it's such a such a big movement. I mean, we think mm-hmm. it's a big movement now. I mean, yeah, we talked about at the beginning, like these are ancient paths of finding contentment. So yeah. Yeah. And you highlighted that so well, Joshua. Awesome. I have one more question. Um, so what do you think about the Kanmari method for people that are super into that? I am a big fan of anything that helps people own less. So, um, <laughs> That is my uh, that is my short answer. Um, I I take a very uh, purpose driven approach to owning less. There are some things that are very helpful in the KonMari method for people uh, to embrace and use and do. And I recommend some of the like she tells you to put all the books on the floor when you're going through them. And I, I, I'm like, yeah, that's a good idea. Just kind of change, change the environment and change the atmosphere mm-hmm. and change the way you look at books. Like, I think that's pretty helpful. Um, you know, she's most known for the question, does it spark joy um, as the question that we use if we hold on to items or not. And I, I think that there's some benefit to that, but I, I think the question is the wrong question. Um, I think most people buy things because they think they're going to spark joy in their life, which is why we overaccumulate things in the in the in the first place. Uh, I, I tend to take a much more purpose-driven approach. Will this, you know, will this item either directly or indirectly, will this item help me um, become the person I want to be and do more of what I think is my purpose in life? And if it is then that's what I should hold on to because that's ultimately where I'm going to find my greatest joy and meaning in life anyway. So thanks for that. Thanks for that passing question at the end. I love that. that. I was hoping that would be your answer. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I guess we have one final question. Joshua, tell us all the things that you are working on right now because um, you've got some stuff out that is just really great and coming out too. The biggest thing I'm focusing on now is a a book that I have coming out in December called The Minimalist Home, uh, a room-by-room guide to a decluttered, refocused life. 
if the more of less is the the why embrace minimalism, uh, I've discovered over the last two and a half years that some people, uh, a lot of people do want the specific help me attack the kitchen, help me attack the home office, like give Mm. me the steps to go through the different spaces in our home. I went through it in my own life. I've helped tens of thousands of others do it in their lives as well and learned a lot through it. So The Minimalist Home is is the book that's very, if people live in a home and they've been there for a while, um, it'll walk 18 different areas in the home it, it walks you through so that's the um the big thing that i'm talking about now Excellent. Um, I, i've started a few digital magazines just drawing together people that i've met um various experts uh to talk about different things too but um yeah so always always a lot going on and um, mm-hmm. i love it i uh, yes. love being able to do it yeah and if you can't wait for the minimalist home to come out. I've read through Simplify and Simple Money and and they're great publications. So, mm-hmm. and they're digital, so you will not have a physical product brought into your home. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Yes. <laughs> Thanks for coming on the show, Joshua. It's been a blast. Thank you for inviting me. It's been a great conversation. You guys are uh you're a couple smart interviewers, so uh, well done. I've enjoyed the enjoyed the conversation. <laughs> yeah, us too. Thanks for sharing yeah. your wisdom. All right, take care. All right, bye. Jill, wow, you loved that. <laughs> I, loved I loved it that. so much. Could you could you experience all the love that I had for that interview? I experienced it, and I oh, mirrored it. Man. What a good one. I don't know that we're going to be able to top it, but we're going to try. We're going to keep going as your frugal friends. We're going to try we're gonna, every week. We're going to try to bring you some some real valuable things. Yeah. And I just loved how everything he said about minimalism really mirrored frugality yes. and, and our goals and our why. And, you know, saving money and having hordes of cash or being debt-free is not the goal. It is the way that you get to the goal. And so for Joshua, having less stuff wasn't the goal. It was how he got to his goal. Um, And just to talk to somebody on the other side uh, of that, what was just a treat. Excellent summary, Jen. Thank you. So we're done reading the more of less for this month. And tomorrow, December 1st, we start with The Millionaire Next Door by Thomas J. Stanley. And this is another book that we are really excited for. And if you want a free copy of The Millionaire Next Door, we are doing the drawing tonight. So you still have time to enter. And to, to enter, you would leave us a review on your podcast listening device. Remember, that's not just iTunes, but anywhere you listen to this podcast. And then take a screenshot of your review to prove to us that you actually did it. You got to do some work for this freebie. Yes. I mean, we love you, but we don't trust you. Yeah. Then send that screenshot to frugalfriendspodcast at gmail.com and we will select the winners tonight. Do it. Yes. Oh my gosh. And if you are right now, you're just like, ooh, I don't know. I don't know how <laughs> to review. Um, gosh, give me an example. Okay. 
<laughs> if that's, that's what you want. They asked I heard them ask um, for it. So yeah, go ahead. So this one is from Ashton and she says, I fully enjoy this podcast and the girls let you know you're not alone in budgeting no matter what your financial situation may be. I also, as a mother, appreciated their most recent episode. I don't know when that was, but thank Probably you, Probably talked Ashton. about motherhood. <laughs> probably. And uh, it was probably with Allison, our our uh, episode with Allison. Maybe. Yeah, um, that was a good yeah, one. From Inspired Budget. Yeah. Um, but thank you so much for that five-star review, Ashton. And uh, yeah, go ahead and leave us one and screenshot it, send it over, and uh, we'll get you a copy of the next Frugal Friends book club book. Excellent. Guys, thanks so much for hanging out with us today. If you are loving what you're hearing, which how could you not? Thank you, Joshua Becker. Hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening to this, and we will come at you every Friday with some frugal goodness, because like we said before, alliteration. But before we go, here's my favorite quote from Joshua Becker's book, The More of Less, and it goes like this. Don't love things or even the absence of things. Love people. Until Mm. next week. Bye. Bye. Frugal Friends is produced, edited, and mixed by Eric Siriano. Oh my gosh. Just leaving us with that knowledge. Yeah. Well, it was Joshua Becker's knowledge, but it was my voice. So right. how like how do we split the income? Like <laughs> 70, 30, 60, 40. I don't know. I don't really want to go like much yeah, more than that. Because like your voice lends a lot. So, you know, it's my voice. Like no one else can have it. So words, however, like anybody can have words. It's so but true. But when it's spoken with my voice, like, yeah, clearly I get, I get the bigger cut there. Henceforth. Henceforth. <laughs> hitherto now i didn't realize i said it and so when he complimented me on the usage of it i was like did i just say did i say that and i don't know how i used it so i can't do it again i am pretty sure we'll have it in the recording when you said it i literally was like whoa she just said henceforth and didn't (laughs) bat an eye but then i also had to think through like what is the correct proper usage of the word henceforth like when do you when do you insert that into a sentence i think you did it flawlessly but yeah it took me a minute oh somebody get me a publisher i'm gonna write me another book I'm going to write me another book and it's going to have the word henceforth in it. Yeah. Boom. All right. I got to get on a plane. I got to go home. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org.
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 